Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to the What is Truth radio program every Sunday morning here at 7 o'clock. Thank you for listening along with us. This is your host, Dr. Michael Caesar, in studio along with a great panel. I have Mark Sassy, my Bible researching friend, and Teresa DiPrietro, who's going to help us by umming our way through the passages to see when something makes sense and doesn't, she'll say, mm, or mm-hmm. And so listen carefully out there, especially Bill. I know you pay attention to these things. And we've been studying, I'm getting serious here. Okay, let's get we've serious. We've been studying the most important event in the history of mankind, the Passion Week of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the gospel writer uh, Luke wrote the Acts of the Apostles and said, that the Lord during his Passion Week, the week where his love brought him to the point where he would do his Father's will, go on the cross and pay for my sin and yours, listeners, so that we could have the gift of eternal life. And we've been studying this week in probably, I would consider the most powerful of the four Gospels, the yes. Gospel of John. Any yes. agreement? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Uh, and Amen. so, Amen. <laughs> Brother Mark, I know you you kicked off this study a few weeks ago. Listener, if you want to go back and hear the prior uh, studies that we did, uh, the church that sponsors us is Grace and Truth Church. And Justin, I just want to ask, are we also putting these up to sermon audio? I don't know if, if Martin's doing that. So they're going on the YouTube site. All right. So so if you go to Grace and Truth Church, just spell out that long word, Grace and Truth Church. Church, you got to put church on there. dot org, and you click the uh, the sermons tab, and you click YouTube. You can catch the old studies as we've been looking at leading up to the crucifixion. Last week we got through the crucifixion in the nineteenth chapter of John, and today we're going to come to the twentieth chapter of John, and we're going to see what happens as everybody's waiting anxiously. The disciples are kind of upset about what happened a few days ago, and they don't know the end of the story. We do, but let's read through it together with them. Amen. Brother Mark. Yeah. Now, in John chapter 20, there's four different Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right. And out of those four different Gospels, there's a little bit different telling of the same story because of different perspectives. And I found someone who had put together a general outline of just eight steps to kind of get a, a little overall big picture as to what's going on with the timeline here. So, so what they did kind of like was overlaid the details and put yes. them all together in a compendium. Great. Yeah. I love that, it. That way you kind of get the big picture. Good. And well, so plus it's kind of like a car accident out there, you know, maybe three people see it from three different views. Yes. They're yeah. all going to have a different story, but it's all going to come to the same thing. Yes. Yep. And, and there's Unless no, there's no errors. <laughs> yeah. Go no ahead. errors. I mean, this no. Bible's never right. Nobody's ever been able to correct it. Mm-hmm. It's been around for 400 years. Sure. Yes, you know? amen. So step one in, in the outline in Matthew's gospel, uh, chapter 28, it talks about that Mary Magdalene is, she's not alone when she leaves, but she is alone by the time she gets there, which is to the tomb. She hurried ahead, okay? And when she gets there, Mary stood without. So she didn't enter the tomb, uh, 
she she didn't encounter the angels because she didn't enter in. And then the second step is after she leaves, the rest of her group arrives at the tomb. They see and they hear the angels and they depart to tell the disciples. You find that in Luke chapter 24. So the women saw him first. Uh, They saw the angel first. Step three, while they're gone, while the women are gone, Peter and John arrive at the tomb Peter enters first, but then they both enter and they leave. Step four. And all they saw was an empty tomb. All they saw was an empty tomb. Right. Amen. And verse, the step four, Mary Magdalene arrives back at the tomb after Peter and John. This time she sees the angel or angels, and then she encounters the Lord. And you find that in, in this gospel in John 20. Right. Step five, Jesus Having ascended to the Father, he appears to the remainder of the ladies that are still on their way to go and tell the disciples. That's yeah. back in Matthew 28. Step six, Jesus then walks with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. You find that in Mark 16 and Luke 24. Yep. Step seven, that evening, Jesus appears to the 11, the 11 apostles or disciples, but without Thomas. Right. And then step eight, he doesn't reappear again for eight days. Right. And so here we go. Let's let's read the Bible. That's that's a nice uh, summary and an overview, putting four different gospel accounts together. Uh, and just again, that's the way God did it is he let each one of the gospel writers tell what was in their mind, the thing that was freshest and biggest in their mind. And as you put it all together, you get the whole picture. Amen. Yeah. And just by reading your Bible, you can do the same thing. Absolutely. (laughs) So here we are, John chapter 20. The Bible says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved. That would be John. The the writer of the gospel right here. John the apostle. And saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. You know, I've read in one of the other Bibles why that is. Peter was a smoker. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and he got winded on the way. That's what I heard. I think, I don't know. fishermen. <laughs> Who heard such a thing? Yeah. Okay. I think he was older. Smoked That's fish. I, I think he was, it was about just, 25 years older. He was older. older. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just that. So John got there first. And he, that's John, stooping down and looking in, he saw the linen clothes lying, yet he went not in. Then comes Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie. So Simon Peter, he didn't hesitate. He's bold. He just goes right that's, in. That's Peter. He's that's always, Peter. he's rambunctious. He'll he'll jump right in. And we saw what he did in the garden. He took that sword and cut someone's ear off. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes he gets ahead of he's the Lord, doesn't he? He's guy. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? God uses all different kinds of people. Amen. That's right. He sure does. Verse 7, and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. I got to stop there for a second. Mm -hmm. This is scripture. Yes. This is God's word. This is the Bible. Yes. And it clearly says right here in John 20, verse 7, that the napkin that was about his head is separate from the other linen clothes that were wrapped around him. So people talk about the Shroud of Turin, and is there a possibility that if we carbon date it and do all this testing, can we find out was this the real legit thing? Mm -hmm. Right here, 
The Bible answers the question. Absolutely. I don't care if you're carbon dated or speed dated or however you want to do it. it you're going to find out it doesn't line up with the Bible. Because the Shroud of Turin is one piece, yes. head to toe. Yes. And, and This is separated. Clearly it's separated. And the simple way to explain it is if the Shroud of Turin is one piece, one head to toe, yes. that's not what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So verse eight, then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. So I'm going to assume what he believed was what he was told in the second verse. That uh, we, Mary Magdalene, she must have looked in the sepulcher. I mean, she saw the stone taken away. She must have peeked in momentarily and saw it's empty. They believe yeah. the body that is gone. They and took and it. so yeah. when she told Peter and John, hey, they've taken the body of the Lord away. Mm-hmm. No, nobody would do that. We know that they sealed it. The guard is there. They would they wouldn't do that. They they want to keep it there. And then they went and they saw the body was gone, but they didn't know what yeah. had happened. They right. didn't understand. For all they knew, maybe the Roman soldiers had been given an order by Pilate to take it. They didn't know. They just believed, yeah, you're right. That's actually empty. Yeah. And then uh Verse 10, then the disciples went away again unto their own home. So they just went back home. Which obviously shows they did not believe and they didn't know. It says right here. Well, yeah, because if they believed the resurrection, they would have run and told everybody. They would have. They wouldn't have just gone home. Right. (laughs) Exactly. They just went home perplexed. What happened? What happened to the body? What's going on? Well, like it says in verse 9, it says that they they knew not that the scripture saying that he must rise again from the dead, even though he had talked to them earlier, right? Before he went to the cross and stuff, they, they didn't really quite fully understand that he had to rise from the dead. That's, mm-hmm. that's really good. I, I like the way that the, the Lord wrote that they knew not Yeah. yet. They did know because uh, G- Jesus, I'm told. going back. I'm going back to when Jesus told them, I just want to read it for them. Uh, let's see. Then Matthew chapter 16 and, and here they were, a whole bunch of disciples. They got away from Jerusalem. They were out, actually outside the bounds of Israel so he could spend time with them. He said to them, who do people say that I am? Oh, you're, you're a prophet. You're one of the prophets. Then he said to his disciples, well, whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter said, well, thou art the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And then Jesus said to him, well, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this to thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. I mean, you must have been thinking on these things, and my Father spiritually helped you come to that conclusion so you could know. I mean, when we know something is when God reveals it to yes, us. Yes. And so now he knows this. And then he says, and I say unto thee, uh, upon this rock of this confession will I build my church. And then he says in verse 21, began Jesus to show his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Amen. So Peter, let's say, knew it, has a fact in his mind, but he didn't know it to the point where God had showed him, no, my son really is going to rise from the dead. He knew it like, well, this is something Jesus said, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I've never seen anyone rise for the dead. I don't really know it fully. And and what he's saying is you can know a scripture without knowing the scripture. For as yet, both of them, they knew not 
the scripture and God saying fully in their heart that he would rise from the dead. So there's parts of the Bible that we're probably familiar with, but we really don't know them the way God wants us to know them. Not having a full grasp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not really understanding what's completely going on there. And, and and the only one that can give us the understanding is God. Yeah, by revelation. Sure. And that's why the last book of the Bible is called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. So I'm just thinking again, when Peter stepped into the tomb and he looked and he sees he sees the body clothes over here, and then he sees the napkin around the head separated from it just a little bit, not lying together with the other clothes. And he's thinking, and remember, Jesus had told him, this is going to happen to me. Perhaps if he had prayed to Jesus's father in heaven and said, I don't know what I'm seeing. Is this really it? What he was talking about? Is this truly the resurrection day? I bet God would have revealed it to him. Right. But he didn't bother to pray and ask. And another thing is when they came to the tomb, everything was in an orderly fashion. Nothing was messed. Usually in a robbery, the scene is like a crime scene is awful. Everything's all over the place. Because the lie that we've been told is that they stole the body, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Her point right there, if if anybody stole the body and there were robbers and thieves, they wouldn't have neatly folded the and linen they, clothes. You wouldn't even have unwrapped them. You, you would just take have. the body with the clothes. Sure. Who's got the time? Do you know how long how it many takes pounds, to unwrap? How many pounds of spice? It's like 100 they, pounds of says, spices. It said back there. Turns they wound into it like a hard cast. It says back in chapter 19, yeah. verse 39, mm-hmm. that when they brought the mixture of myrrh and aloe, and by the way, myrrh is sticky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you're wrapping, it's it like a mummy. When you're mummifying that body and you're wrapping it with the sticky, it's like a, a, a glue there. It'd be very difficult to unwrap, to unwrap that it. thing. I, I mean, I wonder how Jesus just kind of slipped out of it and all <laughs> fell behind. But but that's exactly Praise what happened to him. <laughs> yes. But 100 pounds. By the way, the mixture that the Jews used was a two to one mixture. So Jesus it, was twice, around 200, 200 pounds. pounds. Yeah. You'd yeah. get the body weight and you'd divide it. You gotta love that. So he was not a small man. No, he was no. a big carpenter. Big carpenter. Probably big, six one, two hundred pounds muscle. Carpenter, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. And so people have this theory that the body of Jesus was stolen. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the Bible says. It would have taken right. hours for them to do that. For and they to, were afraid. Yeah. We've got a few minutes. You see the movies all the time. We've yeah. got five minutes before the cops arrive. Let's do, you I go mean, in, in, you do hurry. your thing, and you get out. Yeah, right. Hurry. And, you it know, just, there's there's a part in the Bible, too, where it says, let God be true and every, every man, man a liar. liar. Yeah. So God tells it that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. The liars tell it that they stole the body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, that's how it is. Go ahead, brother. Now, I, I noticed somebody had put this together uh, that... When it mentions that they knew not of the resurrection, right? They knew Mm -hmm. not about him rising again from the dead. I heard this guy, he had talked about this back in uh, Matthew chapter two, Mm -hmm. when it's talking about the wise men, they were looking for, quote, the king of the Jews. Yes. Not necessarily looking for the lamb of God, a sacrifice for our sins, or looking for the one who's to rise from the dead. Right. They were looking for the king of the Jews. Correct. Right? And then John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 11, he's asking about the Messiah. He's not asking about the lamb who's going to rise from the dead. Right. So their focus is they're thinking about the Messiah. They're thinking about the king of the Jews. Right. Right? Uh, what else? Uh, you... You mentioned back in Matthew, but in Mark chapter 9 and Luke chapter 18, Jesus explains 
his upcoming death, burial, and resurrection to the disciples, Correct. but they don't get a full grasp of it. Well, that yeah. was the first time in that verse that you mentioned earlier, and that's the first time he mentioned it to them in Matthew sixteen twenty one. I think it was. Right? That, that's where he went. And that yes. was the very first time. They must yep. have been very confused about what was going to be happening, but he did mention it. How many more times do you think after I that? Think, well, I know it's recorded for us three times. Three times. There okay. are three times mentioned in the Bible after okay. Matthew 16, the first, there's two more. I think in Matthew and Mark confirms one or two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just letting you know, God does things in threes. So he writes it down yeah. in threes. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and he says, behold, I tell you before. Yes. And he, that's how he does it. Even the angels told them things before they happened. And the Bible yeah. is written for you and for me. So we know things before they come to pass. Most importantly, what's going to happen to us when we die. Before we die, we can know what's going to happen to us after we die Amen. if we believe this book. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we know that the book is true because it tells us things like he, he challenges an Isaiah. Right. And he That's says, uh, he says, gird up your loins like a man and, and let's see if you can tell the things that are going to come to pass That's before right. they come to pass. And if you can make it happen, bring it forth. Yep. It's a yep. challenge from God. Yep. I and think listener, it might be Isaiah 43 right yep. around there. Yep. Yeah. And listener, if you're in a church or a religious system that is not telling you that you can know for sure where you're going when you die, run away from that. Just leave it because the word has been written that we may know. That you may know, absolutely. Yeah, that we have eternal life and we know that we know that we know that we have eternal life. Those of us that are saved. Those of us that are saved. Yes. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, it it takes the word of God to get saved. Amen. And you need to get into the word of God and Mm -hmm. then read it and believe it. And come by faith. Yeah. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So. And, and sometimes, like we just saw in verse 9, we may know a scripture without fully knowing it. And God is going to, the more we ask, the more he'll reveal. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So here we are. It's uh, verse 11. It's a new paragraph. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher <coughs> weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Right there. I mean, she's standing right in his presence and she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't know. Verse 15 and Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself, <laughs> and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. And Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. There's so much in there. Amen. (laughs) There's so much in there. And I mean, just right here, woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? Those are the first words after Jesus resurrected and welcome to the age of grace versus the God that we know from Exodus 19 and 20, yeah. you know, where you can't even approach. Yes. And they decide they don't even want to talk to him. 
<laughs> you in the Old Testament, you yes. know, we, we don't even want to talk that, to him. You that, tell us what he says. Right. You know, that is a stunning difference. It yes. is. Because when when not Jesus is God. Correct. Yes. I mean, that's the point of the Bible. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Amen. And the word was made flesh. And he had said back in the 10th chapter, I and my father are one. Amen. And the Jews were angry at that teaching. But that Old Testament God, he told Moses, he said, um, be ready against the third day. The third day, I, the Lord, will come down in the sight of all the people on the mount and set bounds unto the people and take heed to yourselves that you go, don't go near the mount. Don't touch the mount. Whoever touches it will be put to death. And it came on the third day. <laughs> a thick cloud covered the mount and a voice very loud. And the mountain was altogether on smoke. And the Lord descended it on a fire. And the smoke ascended uh, like the smoke of a furnace. The whole mount quaked greatly. And the voice of a trumpet sounded long and louder and louder. And God spake by a voice and came down to the top of Mount Sinai and the people were trembling at the bottom of the mount. Mm-hmm. That's the law. Mm-hmm. Yes. The That's law the is law. you in a heap of trouble. Yeah. Yes. You don't want to meet God mm-hmm. as he's coming down the judge. To, to throw the book at you. Yeah. But now here comes Jesus <laughs> after doing the work of redemption yes. and the first work out of God's mouth are, why are you weeping? Why are you upset? I know you're brokenhearted. There's a lot of brokenhearted people. I want to come. Amen. Um, but the question I want to know is, whom seekest thou? Those are two really good questions. Yeah, because yeah. that's the question God, Jesus wants to ask your heart, whom are you seeking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not even what are you seeking, but whom? Are you seeking God? Are you seeking me? Are it, you seeking? It yeah. reminds me like uh, John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Yes. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus says, right? Kind of like, why weepest thou? Yeah. And then yeah. Whom why weepest thou? thou? Why are you crying? Are you crying because you lost your job? Are you crying because, you know, you don't have this or that? And this is why she's crying for him. I, I'm, Clearly I'm, crying for Jesus and, and spiritual lost, need. I want that relationship yeah, with my Lord and that. I yeah. separated from him. Yeah. Right? And she stuck around long enough to get it, to receive yes. it, you know? Yes. She Amen. stood without. Nobody was there. <laughs> and, he, and he revealed himself first to her. Yes, you know, yeah. uh, I've heard it said, like you were talking earlier about, mm-hmm. the, you know, here, here are the women, <laughs> <laughs> the women, you know, yeah, they, they women. see him first. Yeah. yeah. He shows himself to them first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you've said in the past that women have a more tender heart. God yeah, made absolutely. them that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, a lot of times women are more tender to receive the word of God and receive the Lord and receive his gracefulness. Women and children. And he said Mm -hmm. also children too, of such as the kingdom. Men tend to get hard hearted. And Mm -hmm. hard headed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And women, if you are listening, he is the perfect man. So I I can't see you not going for it and falling for him. Yeah. And so where were we? We're in up to verse 18. Yeah. Oh, I got 15. Well, we I finished he 17. read to 18, but he but finished I, 17. But. I, I, I do have a comment on verse 17. And I do. Uh, in 17, he says, uh, touch me not. I'm not yet ascended to my father. And then he says, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Now, Brother Kevin Deegan's not here with us right now, but mm-hmm. he has asked the question to people before. He said, he's asked this question. He says, now, when it talks about my father and my God and, and your God, he's like, if you went up into heaven right now and you looked at the throne of God, 
who would be sitting on the throne? He asks this question to people. <laughs> and they're like, well, I'd be seeing God the Father. And he goes, well, let's take a look in the Bible. If you go to the very end of the Bible, the very last chapter in Revelation 22, we see the throne of God. It's revealed uh, through the Apostle John. And in uh, Revelation 22, verse 1, it says, And he showed me, this is the angel showing John, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and, and of the Lamb. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. So on that throne in heaven is... God the Father, and the Lamb of God, which is Jesus Christ, sure. because he sits at the right hand of the Father. Sure. That's right. And they're both sitting on the throne. Yes. Now, even though they're both sitting on the throne, if you go down to verse 3, it's curious how God words this. It says, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and there, no, it doesn't say there, Yeah. and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see their faces, no, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Why? Because in verse 5, he is the Lord God. It's God the Father and God the Son. They are one. Mm -hmm. He that hath seen the Father, or he that hath seen me, hath yeah. seen the Father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember my wife was doing a study on that and brought me a number of verses, and we, we discovered that the throne is in the shape of an S. Ah. Yeah, uh, uh, like this. And God the Father is a sitting, so if you, you have an S, and he's sitting on one side, facing in one direction, and God the Son is sitting on the other side, facing in that direction, and God the Father's right hand is here, and Jesus is here, and they're right hand to right hand holding each other, and it's like that. And, and then when you look at the book of Revelation, and around the throne are the seven spirits wrapping it, and it forms an infinity when you put the spirit around it, it's, it's, it's an interesting study, but that it's like sense. an S. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. And a beautiful picture, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were dissembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Wow. So he still bears the wounds of the crucifixion in the resurrected body. Yes. And the most important thing he wanted to show them was his resurrected body. Yeah. It was the number one thing. And that's the key is the resurrection is a physical resurrection. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that body that had put into the tomb, God somehow brought it through all the linen, gave it a glorified form, and Jesus' soul went right back inside of it with his spirit, and the body was resurrected. And here he is standing up, walking, talking, being with his disciples, but it still bears the, uh, the wounds. Amen. Interesting. And it doesn't talk about that he showed them this, that, or anything else. He specifically showed them his hands and his side. Those are the points where he bled for our sins. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that the modern Bibles take out many, many mentions about the blood. Yes, okay? it does. Yeah. And yet, this is John twenty twenty, like 2020 vision. Yeah. And here in chapter 20, verse 20, he's showing them what's important. What's important is where he bled. Right. Yeah. And so if you just take a quick consideration of this about the blood, how much time do we have? 
Almost. You want to do it here or you want to do it in the second half? We'll just. Uh, yeah, we better run put a little the teaser half, out there. I want you to come back and learn the importance <clears throat> of the blood of Christ because later on, the Apostle Paul is going to tell us that when we have faith in his blood, trusting that that blood will pay for our sins, we have the full payment for the remission of our sins and we get the righteousness of God. And that's the good news. That's why Jesus went through this week, the Passion Week, his Father's love and his love for us so that we can be reconciled to God. You're listening to the What is Truth radio show with you every Sunday at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a little station break, and then we'll be right back in a moment. Stick around. Amen. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And thanks for sticking around the second half of the show. We've been in John chapter 20. If you just joined us, grab your Bible and uh, open it to John chapter 20. This is a great uh, chapter. You won't find a chapter like this in any biography of any human being that's ever lived because in this one, uh, Jesus died in the 19th chapter. The 20th is about him conquering death and coming forth. It's about the resurrection, that glorious first day. And we saw the activity in the morning. We got all the way up to verse 18. Now we're getting to verse 19. We're later that same day, Sunday evening, Jesus shows up to the rest of the disciples. Go ahead, Brother Mark. You were. Yeah, I was, I was saying that in, in verse 20, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Yes. And those are the places where he bled. Yep. And the Bible says in Leviticus 17, 11, it's the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Amen. Right. And it, it's the blood that that washes sin away. And so all all through the old Bible, the old King James Bible, you see mention of the blood. Yes. And just as a, as a quick review, in Genesis chapter 3, way back with uh, uh, Adam and Eve, in verse 21 of Genesis 3, it says that the Lord God made coats of skin. That's a blood sacrifice that the Lord God did for Adam and Eve. Yeah, that's for, right. For their sin. In the next chapter, Genesis 4, 4, Abel, their son, he brought of the firstlings of his flock. Another blood sacrifice. Of a lamb offering. again, yeah. Yeah. In Genesis 22, 13, Abraham sacrificed a ram in the stead of his son. And earlier in that chapter, it said, God will provide himself a lamb. Yeah, that's a great verse. Yeah. Genesis 22, verse 8. Amen. And then uh, later, we see in the very next book, in Exodus 12 of the Passover, verse 13 again, it says, of the Passover lamb, God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So it's always the blood that takes away sin. Yeah, the, right? the lamb was sacrificed and took death so the people wouldn't have to, so their sins would be paid for. And here we have the ultimate lamb. Amen, amen. Yes, and, and then uh, you, Teresa, you had some other verses about the blood. Yes, there's a few here. Um, Exodus 12, 13, when I see the blood, you just mentioned it, yep. I will pass over you. And then Leviticus 17, 11, it is the blood that maketh an atonement for Amen. the soul. First yep. John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. All sin. 
Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And one more. Amen. Hebrews 10.12, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. You hear that? One sacrifice, one sacrifice. for sins forever. Amen. Amen. Okay. And, and uh, you know, right near that, the chapter before in Hebrews 9.22, it says, without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. Yeah. So that blood is critically important. <clears throat> and that's why he was showing them his wounds. Amen. So, and then uh, you wanted to jump back to verse 16, well, I think. In um, John 20, verse 16, Mary, um, it just it's just a personal thing. You know, she he calls her by her name. So yes. he calls us by our names. Amen. You know? He's personal. But, but you He's know when personal. he called her by name, I'm just looking at that. That's very yeah. curious. The verse before, the first words out of Jesus's mouth if, on he the day of the resurrection, woman. Yeah. A, a woman, yeah. why weepest thou? Next question, whom seekest, seekest thou? Then she says, well, I, I'm... I want my Lord is what she's basically saying to him. She's not wording it perfectly, but that's basically what she's saying. I want to know where my Lord is. And then when he saw the desire of her heart, exactly, he calls her by name. Like exactly. she's born again right then and there. At that moment. That's At right. At that moment. The new birth is when you go from being just a man mm-hmm. or a woman in God's sight to someone with a name. She and when God he knows said, you by yes, name. Amen. Because Jesus said... Uh, uh, my father and I, we know them by name. Mm-hmm. We know our our sheep by name. Uh, uh, before that, we're just a, a man or a woman on planet Earth. But when he asks the question of our heart, and it's interesting, why weepest thou? I, I would imagine just about every person who's lived, male or female, uh, and and spent some time on this crazy planet has been knocked around and at one point or another found themselves weeping and alone and wondering what has happened to my life what what's wrong it could be a broken relationship it could be not getting into a school you wanted could be the loss of a job loss of a child it could be something there's a point where there's a loss and at that moment god who is near the brokenhearted tries to move in with his spirit amen and tries to say to the individual why are you weeping and he's listening and he knows and you, you tell him well i've just lost my job and he'll say okay what would you like? And now he, what God wants to know is, do you just want another job? Or would you like a relationship with the creator of heaven and earth that can do better than just give you another job? And brings and, true peace. Amen. And when <laughs> they do that, then they're called by name. That's the new birth. It's a spiritual birth. That's right. It's an interaction between God and a soul. And those two verses capture it right there. And then, you know, Amen. as soon as he says her name, she turned herself. <laughs> Amen. You know, I mean, that's amazing, you know, turn from your sin. And it's obviously it's in uh, verse 16 and 16 is the number of love. There you go. Amen. <laughs> and turn is like to repent, mm-hmm. right? Repentance sure, toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. When, you, when you were saying that, yes. Pastor, it reminded me of a guy I met just a couple of days ago. Big guy, big, big, solid guy. And he told me that when his father passed, it broke his heart. Sure. And he turned he kind of looked up in the sky and turned to God. Amen. And he was seeking. Amen. And that's what it took. What a blessing. Amen. I know it's a dangerous prayer, but for your child, for people's children that aren't saved, a prayer like, Lord, whatever it takes. I know it's a dangerous prayer, but 
I've prayed it many times, Lord, whatever it takes. To, to draw them. Draw I'll them tell you one thing. It, it, yeah. uh, let me, that's good what you're saying. And let mm-hmm. me go one step further. It may be dangerous, but it's not fatal. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Because God won't, if they, if God sees any child, any man or woman trying to find truth, some things may happen. It's a dangerous world. There's no doubt about it, but God won't let it be fatal. His desire is none would perish. Yes. He wants to give the gift of eternal and everlasting life. He's just looking for a few people that, <laughs> what are you seeking? He says, what are you looking for? Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Some answers. The answers are in this book. Amen. That's right. So I'm going to start verse 20 again. And it says, and when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Yeah. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Yeah, amen. That's something he had promised. Uh, let's see, this is Sunday night. He had told them earlier on Wednesday night that's what he was going to do with them. He had told them back in the 14th chapter, he said, it's expedient for you that I go away. Uh, I'll pray the Father, verse 16, and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. His name is the Spirit of Truth, verse Amen. 17, Amen. whom the world uh, cannot receive because it seeth him not. The world wants to walk by sight. You're going to walk by faith. You know him. He dwelleth with you right now because I'm sitting in the room with you and he's inside of me. And he shall be in you in the near future. I'm going to put him inside you when I rise from the dead. Yeah. Amen. And he does it right here. Yeah. Right here. So this is where the disciples are born again. That that is the night when they went from being an Old Testament Jew to a New New Testament Testament. Christian. Right at that moment there. And then they could understand the scriptures. A heck of a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, having the Holy Ghost, I mean, I can testify myself that I used to read the Bible back when I was just religious and lost. Yes. And then once I, you know, humbled myself before the Lord and asked him to forgive my sins and become my savior, when I received the Lord Jesus Christ, I also received a, a revelation of how to understand the book more so. Wow. And it talks about that in First Corinthians. Sure, sure. So I'm just going back to my own testimony right now, this very moment, thinking I, you know, picked up a Bible, you know, at the church I started going to, and it took me two years to read halfway through Genesis. <laughs> I had no interest at all. Yeah. And oh. at some point in time, I got saved and then asked for the desire to be in his word, of course. Yeah. And... It's it's Been a complete difference. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Complete yeah. difference. I have, I have really always believe uh, it, it is hard to tell if a person is saved or not because there are people that use religious lingo. Thank you. I mean, there's God. it's possible to lift some of the words from this book and to speak it. Amen, brother. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes. Stuff like that. Lip sure. And that doesn't mean necessarily you're saved. But I've often thought one of the barometers of knowing someone's saved is they have an interest in God's the Bible. Word. Like first yeah. Peter. Is it right? First or second Peter. I think it's word. first Peter chapter two. A newborn babe Bingo. has a desire for the milk of the word. Yes. And I remember I had no desire for it. Yeah. I remember somebody brought one, gave it as a gift to my wife and to me when I was in my I think late twenties or early thirties. I can't remember. Oh. Early thirties. And and I tried to read Genesis. I didn't get it. And I put it down. <laughs> 
And then someone did bring me to a Bible study where I got to listen and to think on a Jesus. And I finally asked him to be my savior. And he probably said at that moment, receive you the Holy Ghost. And instantly, I mean, the next Sunday, I was like, come on, we got to go to church. I want to hear the Bible. I want to hear the Bible. I'm putting on Bible teaching for the first time in my life. Yeah. Amen. Yes, exactly. and, and it talks about in Timothy about that the Lord knoweth them that are his. So yes. the Lord knows who's saved and who's not. Absolutely. And it's for him to know. Yes. Okay. Yes. But like you're saying, it says in first Peter that newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. If you have no desire for God's word, then you better question whether or not you're saved. Sure. The Holy Amen. Ghost gives you an interest in the Holy Scriptures. Amen. No yes, doubt. Definitely. Amen. Um, so there they are. They Verse 22, they receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 23, it says, Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. It seems to me like this is the Holy Ghost's uh, parameters. It's his territory. It's his uh, jurisdiction. I, I would have to agree with that. It reminds me of that old law of double reference that you see in the Bible every so often. There was one time a God was speaking to the king of Babylon, but through the king of Babylon, he was talking to the devil inside him. Back in Matthew 16, we were just there a few minutes ago, uh, and where uh, Jesus had just told the disciples, you know, I'm, I'm going to be turned over to the scribes and the priests, and they're going to kill me, but I'll, don't worry, I'll be raised again the third day in Matthew 16, 21. And then instantly in the 22nd verse, Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this, this shall not be unto thee. I mean, this this can't happen. I can't allow this to happen. I'll take two swords and cut two ears off if I have to protect you. And then Jesus turned and said to Peter in verse 23, Get thee behind me, Satan. And all he was showing is at that moment, Peter allowed he gave place, gave to, the place devil. to the devil Amen. and mm -hmm. allowed the devil to give him a thought. And he just spoke the devil's thought came out of him like Job's wife did in Job chapter two. Why don't you just curse God and die? And it's exactly what the devil said in chapter one. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we give place to the devil. And, and so the law of double reference is Jesus is speaking. It looks like to Peter, but he's speaking to the devil inside of him, Satan at that moment. And I think here he's doing the same thing. He's saying as he's releasing the Holy Ghost into all these people, he's saying, now, when you travel with them, whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. Because when these guys give the gospel out, you, Mr. Holy Ghost, inside of them are going to search the hearts of the listener and know if it's an honest confession or it's a fake one. Because and he's the spirit of truth. There you go. Yeah. And Amen. he knows. And there's another paragraph marking here in verse 24, and I think it might be best just to read from there to the end. Okay. And then mm -hmm. we can take a look at that. Okay. This is interesting. Verse 24, it says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, he was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, 
my Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his Amen. name. And that's the end of John chapter 20. Oh, yep. <laughs> that's great. Reminds me of that last verse there reminds me of obviously 1 John 5. 5.13, right? 5, yeah, what, is, what does it say there? 13. Share it with everybody. And 1 John 5. That's a great passage um, too. It is great. It's that ones we, show, we try to, to show people. Yeah. That, that verse you're heading to, I never heard that in church growing up. Never, and I never I finally did. heard that when I was in my early 30s, mm-hmm. that opened my eyes. Go yeah. ahead and read it. Yes, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Amen. And, you know, when it's, it says right there after afterwards, I don't really go into this with people, but 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have yes. in him. That we know, not <laughs> yes. that we hope, not There's that we confidence. wish. Yes. That we know. And we're confident mm-hmm. and we're bold to speak. Amen. You know, it's called the sure word of prophecy, the certainty of these words, yeah. the confidence. I mean, God wants to give us a blessed assurance. That's it. That his word is true. And what he says in his word is true. And it involves you, listener, and me. These things are written for us that that ye may know. I never heard that in CCD. I Nobody never ever told heard me that, that. Yeah. in any of those classes. This yeah. is a promise I was from blind God as a bat. That you yeah. may know. I guess yeah. CCD gets know. a D in God <laughs> when I think about it in terms of grading. <laughs> CC gets a D. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. this, this whole thing with Thomas, a lot of people, you know, they call him Doubting Thomas and they kind of yeah. put him down like, oh, you know, he, he's just Doubting Thomas. But in John chapter 11, when they were heading to go to Lazarus, That's right. in verse 16 of John 11, Thomas, also called Didymus, it's that exact Thomas, yep. Yep. he is willing to die and go with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So he does have faith, mm-hmm. but yet he gets, he gets reprimanded here by Jesus. He says, be not faithless, but believing. Yes. And, you know, this is all of us. We're all that way on different things. And we, we need to remember to, to have faith. And, and, Always. and how does yeah. faith come? Right. In Romans chapter 10, faith cometh by hearing the and word, hearing by the word, word of, God. of God. Now, now I'm looking at this again because he brought that entire extra paragraph about Thomas showing up. Yes. And Thomas was skeptical and God doesn't mind an honest skeptic. Amen. And questions. If, if, if it's, if I, I have a question, Mary asked a question when the angel said this, you're going to have the baby. What? How can I have a baby? I don't know, man. I mean, people have honest questions. Honest questions. Abraham came out. How am I going to, how do I know I'm going to inherit this land? God said, okay, I'm going to write some things down in the Bible. Are you going to believe it? I'm going to give you my word. And Thomas asked this question here, and I want to see the print of the nails, except I, I see uh, reach I, uh, the print of the nails. He says, that's what I want to see. If I don't see the print of the nails, I'm not going to believe it. Well, back in verse 20, when he appeared on the first day of the week and he stood in the midst and he said, peace be unto you. And they were looking at him probably a bit skeptical too, like, who is this? What's going on? 
he showed them his hands and his side, and then they were glad and they saw the Lord. Now, you know, I read it and I go, well, that's great. That was 2,000 years ago. What about me? Hmm. How am I going to see his hands and his side? How am I going to see the print of the nails? Well, I'm going to see it in the print of the book that's been put together by the carpenter, nailed together by the carpenter, the 66 books. That's why these things are written for us. How are we going to see the resurrected Christ reading his word? Through the eye of faith. Go go ahead, brother. Do you you think it's some kind of a quinky dink or coincidence (laughs) that the Bible says that he says, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails. Look, I can put, we're not on camera right now, but I'm putting my fingers into the print of the Bible there you and go. flipping that's pages. Great. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> not an that. ac- that's not an accident that he throws stuff in there like yeah, that. I love that. You know, God gives good things to his children and he does that with little gemstones that you find in in the pages of the Bible. It, it, it just yes. reminds me of a passage that Solomon was writing uh he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Yes. Solomon is according to God the wisest man that ever lived. Amen. Because, and he says that in first Kings about all the wisdom, because God, he asked God for wisdom when he was a young man. He said, you know what I'd like from you, Lord, I'd like wisdom. That's a good prayer for any of us Mm -hmm. to ask God for wisdom. Yes. He'll give it liberally. He won't upbraid us for asking for wisdom. James said, And he was humble. He he, he had to be able to judge Israel and he was young. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he's writing this book of Ecclesiastes and you talked about the nails And he says um, at the very end of his life, he said, uh, the preacher sought to find out acceptable words. This is Ecclesiastes 12.10. And and that which was written was upright, even the words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads and nails fastened by the master of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd, the print of of the nails from one shepherd, Amen. the words of truth. He's putting it right there. Ecclesiastes 12 Amen. lines up with that. Yeah. This book is beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? Well, you know, it's written from above when you see all these connections that line up through the years and yeah. through the different books. That's yeah. a thousand years yeah. apart. Those two things are written. Yeah. Well, Amen. I understand. I understand doubt. I had some doubt when I first got saved and I went down that road of, um, you know, evidence, you know, evidence, um, the creation evidence. Sure, I, sure. I listened to all Doc Kent Hovind's CDs and stuff like that. But it was it's when I got my hands on this book, it solidified everything. And I don't even care if they do another archaeological dig and find <laughs> anything else about the Bible. I just breeze right through that article and I just keep the reading Bible this book. The Bible confirms itself. It does. It confirms yeah. itself. I don't need anything else anymore. And, and so your belief, your own personal testimony is that your belief was strengthened by... The print. The word of God. Yeah. The print of the yes. nails given this by one master Bible. of assembly, the and, shepherd. And we see it right here, right in front of our eyes. Verse yes. 25 talks about the print, the print, right? And yes. then right after that, it starts talking about believing and believed and, and on and on about believe that you might have life through his name. Yes. That's the whole end of the chapter. And so there's a connection between the print, meaning the Bible, and a connection to believe. And this specific version has refined me as to what works that I'm driven to do. The old not book. because I have to do it. It's not going to get me into heaven. I, my faith is. But it's this book that's driven me to the works that I do now that I want to do so badly. Yeah. Which is, let me just read it from Second Corinthians 4.13. 
We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Amen. It, it, it energizes you. Yes. Amen. When, the, when the Holy Ghost comes in you, uh, as uh, one of the prophets in the Old Testament said, as long as the spirit of God is in me, I will speak truth. The spirit of God wants you to speak truth and you get filled with that spirit and Amen. you'll speak truth. Yeah. Amen. Now, a couple of things I wanted to say is just that there were witnesses here of this resurrection. Yes. I mean, the women, they were eyewitnesses. Yes. The disciples and whoever was all in the room there, they were eyewitnesses. Yes. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, it says that they were, that Jesus, after he was resurrected, was seen of 500 at once. Wow. Yes. That's over 500 eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Fox's Book of Martyrs that I have right here talks about Thomas. This is a historical account. And it says of his death that Thomas preached the gospel in Persia, Parthia, and India. India. And yeah. while he was in Kalemina, India, he was tortured by angry pagans, run through with spears, and thrown into the flames of an oven. That's how he was martyred for his faith in Christ. Yeah. And that's how he died. But you know what? He is in heaven and because he's saved. And... You know, there's just, there's so much evidence and eyewitness evidence, which is the strongest evidence that the resurrection is completely true. And so thank God for that. Yes. Now, when he said, Thomas, he confirmed that this was indeed our resurrected Jesus. He's standing right in front of him, right? It's a deity verse when he says, my Lord and my God. And at that oh, point, man. Thomas is saved, it's obviously. It's quite a confession yeah. from a Jew, isn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And that would have, they would have considered that blasphemy to look at a, this is a man. Now yes. it's the man, Christ Jesus, the resurrected man, but it's still a man. Yes. <laughs> Looking at a man and confessing him as God. My and nobody Lord corrected and him. God. No, oh, and Jesus, Jesus didn't, didn't correct him. him. He accepted <laughs> the worship. Amen. Yeah. And the disciples didn't correct him. He deserves him. the worship. Yeah. Yes. So because He's Jesus worthy. is He's worthy. God. Yes. Yes. And then... On that note, earlier in John's gospel, I just want to run through a couple of quick verses. In John 1, 12, the Bible says, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, I say that because that's believing by faith, right? In John 6, 29, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. This is that connection between believing and faith. And in John chapter 9, you've, Jesus gives sight to the blind man who is yes. blind from birth. Yes. And at one point, he, he asks, who is he, Lord? And I'll, I'll believe. And Jesus said, it is I that stand in front of you, right? <laughs> yes. And then he worshiped him. Absolutely. In a King James Bible, yes. he worshiped him, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing was like Teresa had read 1 John five thirteen. These things have been written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know. That yes. you have everlasting life. Yes. Yeah. Right? And then what's Acts 16, 31? Okay. Uh, what shall I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Amen. And thy and household. Thy, and thy household. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And that's what he'd like to do, uh, listener. And uh, he did it with uh, us at this table. Is He wants to get inside of the heart of someone in a family and then get that person to begin to pray for the others in the family. He wants to save entire families. He wants Amen. to save souls and uh, families. But that, you're right. That's a great thing. I mean, here's Thomas. This man 
grew up as a Jew. He went to the synagogue. Yes. He went to the temple. He used to make the confession uh, called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And now he sees the resurrected Christ and he bows down and he says, my Lord <laughs> and my God. And Jesus doesn't correct him, but he says, that's a blessing because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. And furthermore, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. And Jesus can receive that because we know that the Bible says worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And they bowed before the lamb in heaven. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and every tongue and every people and every nation. What a blessing. And God wants to give that blessing to you and to me, listeners. That's what we do every week right here on the What is Truth radio show. Unlike Pilate, we don't want to walk out. We want to learn what is the truth. And we learn it right here from the scriptures. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I hope this is a blessed week for you all. And the only blessings that you can receive are those from God the Father and God the Son in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be with you next week. And until we meet with you, do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK. 